Hello, everyone, and we welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion this last Sunday in February 2021. Our subject today will be Christ Jesus, and we are recording from the Plainfield Christian Science Church, Plainfield, New Jersey, and we are so grateful that you could join us today. And we will start with our morning prayer. Good morning, everyone. I'm reading from Divinity Course and General Collectania. We know it as the Blue Book, pages 95, 96, and 173. Some beautiful words from Mary Baker Eddy. Have no will opposed to God. Meekness is not weakness. It is not my will, but thine be done. Throwing ourselves into God's power. Know that you, your God reflected self, has God health, God peace, God happiness, etc. And that the evil one or devil cannot take this from you. Trust in God and leave evil to do its own work of self-destruction. Always overcome evil with good. Never descend to the warfare between evil and human will, trying to do God's will. But forgive all offenses and love every enemy you may think you have. Watch and pray against becoming worldly. Also for spiritual sense to govern all your motives and acts. Human will may trespass on divine law, Corporeal sense may hide health and truth as the mist obscures the mountain. But science subordinates human will and is the sunshine of truth, which melts the shadow and reveals the substance. Follow my teachings only so far as they follow Christ in word and deed. Mary Baker Eddy. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, Florence. Very good. Thank you. I love that. God health, God peace, God happiness. Mm -hmm. Okay, our watching point. Watch number 29. Watch lest in your effort to study and understand Christian science, your thought overbalance on or incline to the side of intellectual comprehension at the expense of demonstration. Man's spiritual growth is like a tree in which the superstructure, representing man's comprehension of the truth, must keep a proper balance with the roots. Illustrating man's demonstration of his understanding and ability to withstand the storms. Ministers who become Christian scientists have a difficult time because their old religious training enables them to grasp the theory of science much more readily than the average student. They are apt to become top-heavy because they have taken in a great deal of truth which they have not demonstrated, and therefore which they do not really compre comprehend. In Science and Health, Mrs. Eddy tells us that we understand only what we can demonstrate. Consistent spiritual progress is the effort to build up a comprehension of absolute truth. 
with a corresponding effort to put new ideas into practice as fast as they are revealed. This maintains a right balance between precept and practice." Unquote. Thank you. <clears throat> Any comments on that? I read someone had written on the bulletin board. I read about that on uh, Wednesday night, how much this watching point meant to him. Well, you know, Mrs. Evans used to call it mental, mental indigestion when you read too much and you don't live it and demonstrate it. You've got to be living it and demonstrating it. You can't just sit and read, just like math we've talked about. You don't read a math book and never work out any problems. You won't understand it. This is where the obedience must come in. You've got to live it. You've got to be doing it. Your surplus thinking, the thinking you do after you've prayed and studied, must yield to the Christ consciousness and be in line with the Christ consciousness. Pages 390 to 393 in Science and Health. I think this is what the parable of the yeah. sower and the yes. seed is all about, right? The good soil. Yeah. The good soil is where you put into practice what you learn each day and prove it for yourself. And if you don't, you know, you don't let yourself get distracted by the cares of the world. You don't let yourself get distracted by the riches and all that nonsense. Yeah, the first one, the wayside. What was the wayside when it would fall on the wayside? Actually, not in the lesson, but... Well... Jesus says, he that heareth and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catch, catcheth away that which was sown in its heart. So, you know, some people get it and, have, oh, wow, I love it. This is great. But then they make no attempt to try to understand it. This is why we do these roundtables week after week. You have to have that understanding. So you think, oh, it's great. It sounds wonderful. I think it's fantastic. But without that understanding, yeah, the wicked one comes and whoop, there you go. I feel it might be that thought also that like a healing might have, would have happened anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's just a very superficial sense of the whole thing. And oh, then, okay. please go ahead. No, I, I, Mrs. Eddie cautioned something too. I don't have the exact words now, but he's saying that. You may there can be a healing, but without the understanding or the 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 truth that whatever it is was never true in your own understanding, then it's not good enough. Is the practitioner's uh, understanding that healed you? So it's important to know, understand yourself that this healing means I never had such a thought. This is not part of God at all in me thank you and and this is why i know i live by this and i'm sure florence does too and this is a quote from mrs eddie we heal by teaching and teach by healing it must be that's that would is what distinguished mrs evans from all the other practitioners i ever called she taught she she gave you things to read and then you were expected to to 
take part in all this, not just be a voyeur, but become active um, with the truth. And, and, and Mr. Zeddy says it requires a change of base. Yes. Yeah. So if we're not getting a change of base with our healing, then we're not getting the full benefit of the healing. We are not being made whole, as Jesus refers to. Yeah, and the ten lepers that um, were healed, only one came back to give gratitude and to understand what healed them. That's what really Florence was saying, too. So you need the understanding, or you will be whoop, away. There you go. Because um, the other nine that were healed but didn't, weren't, you know, weren't grateful enough or curious enough to find out what it was. We're, we're left, they, they're in no better a position. Mm -hmm. yeah. Their the lie is in their thought. So. Yeah. They were healed but not made whole, the one that came back. Yes. Correct. And this is why the, the great value of, of some of these healings that take a while, because it's very easy. You get your healing, you get your whatever you wanted, and then off you're on your way. But when something takes a while, it requires work, a change of thought, a change of base, as Gary just said. And that the wicked one cannot snatch from you. It's yours. So don't despair when things are taking a while. And it doesn't matter. Whatever it is isn't real anyway, so don't be worried about it. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the truth. You're going to find that out sooner or later. So, um, and then, go ahead. I just was thinking of... I believe it was Carpenter said not to even cherish a desire for healing until you're fitted to, to have it. So. Yes. Yes. Thank you. All those things are wonderful. And then Gary mentioned the stony places. Um, you hear the word with joy. You have no root. Endureth for a while. But when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by, he is offended. And this whole beautiful lesson is on getting offended. And we we're going to get into that more. But you, you, you get offended and you take your marbles and go home. So this is very, very important. I would say this is one of the most important lessons there is. Not to become offended. Because there again, whoops, and you're gone. And read Mrs. Eddy's article on taking offense. Do not become offended. And we'll talk about what that word means. And, and there's a really good article in Wilcox's book where she, where she quotes Mrs. Eddy as telling her that it, it, it is more important to know that there is no personality than it is to know that there is no matter. Mm. This idea of personality is what leads to people being offended when the truth is persecuted. So in that personality, that you have a selfhood apart from God and other people do too, and that you think one thing and they think something else and rada, rada, rada. So, so this, this is oh, such an amazing parable of Jesus, some, something to really think about. I remember once in Mrs. Evans' class, we all had to stand up and say which, which seed we were. 
Which one were we? It was very embarrassing <laughs> because you could hardly win whatever you said. And even if you said if you were the good seed, well, that didn't sound so good. <laughs> anyway, I'll never forget that class. She always liked to push our buttons. <laughs> it, it felt at the moment like you fell among thorns. <laughs> Most definitely, yes. yes. Okay, I'm <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then the other, among the thorns, he that heareth the word, and the care of this world, and deceitfulness of riches, choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. So, and that's a big one, too. All, oh my gosh, so much materiality out there to lure us away. And we become unfruitful. We don't, why can't we do it? Why aren't we getting our healings? Well, your mind is so filled with all, all the cares of the day and things in the world and your travels and your intellectual pursuits where how can you squeeze God in there somehow mm -mm. nope not not working so it's good to go over these too and, and do ask yourself privately <laughs> where are you are any of these tempting you are you ready to go whoop so <laughs> whoopsie daisy out you go. Um, Somebody said they're doing that. It's refreshing to hear this week. They said that. Oh, good. That is refreshing. That's honest. Check your thought. So, so wonderful. Another wonderful watching point. And before we get into the lesson, I just wanted to um, mention something that ties in with what we talked about last week. When I read that article about um, communism, which I call animal magnetism, but and um, the KGB agent who defected and spoke about what was going on in America, I got an email this week um, from Eaglet who wrote, I love the roundtables. I always learn so much. The recent one, which talked about communism infiltrating three generations of American thinking was eye-opening, as was the explanation of why intellectuals seem more mesmerized by the, these doctrines. However, at the end it concluded by Yuri, who was the KGB agent, that the delusion continues until a military kick in the butt provides a sober awakening. I just finished reading Christian Science in East Germany, the church that came in from the cold. This book picks up after the demise of Hitler and continues until the fall of the Berlin Wall. It had an interesting ending in that the suppression of Christian science in East Germany continued until one or two people in Boston took up East Germany as their patient. Soon after this, the Christian Science Church was again recognized and permitted to hold services and receive books and literature from Boston. And then the Berlin Wall also fell. To me, this says that the military boot in the butt <laughs> is not the only way for this awakening to happen. It affirms the power of prayer and the need for it. The book is available on Amazon and through the Long Year Foundation, in case anyone is interested. Now, of course, this is one of the main thrusts in this church. This is why we watch. We certainly know this power. We don't want to have a boot in the butt. We don't want to have, and that's his quote, not mine. <laughs> we don't want to have a war. Um, well, and I think the point is, if we are genuine Christian scientists, 
And if we do our work, and if we watch correctly, we won't need the kick in the butt. Well, doesn't you say Christian scientists are enlisted in a, in a, in a war? Uh, it's not the exact word, but we are enlisted in a fight. Some, some. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. we've yeah. enlisted in a fight. Soldiers, yes, you know, right. in a way, yes. And we this work, we won't have to be soldiers on the field. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, um, superior, in fact, it's a superior army, I feel, with God. Much superior, if it is activated and done. And as I've said, we've been doing it for 30 plus years here, watching and working. And we're expecting great things. Great things are happening or wonderful things are happening, as that article says. Uh, so, yes. But the article that Mary read last week was written by a KGB, former KGB agent, who was not a Christian scientist. Right. He was referring to the American public in general as probably needing. How mesmerized they were by the whole thing. How mesmerized they were by the whole thing. Yes. Yes. And you see, when mesmerism takes a kick, it takes something to wake people up. And it's it's operating and it's working, and we must not be naive to it either. We mustn't, because um, Christian scientists tend to go to two extremes: either they build the error up too much and they're afraid of it and give it reality, or they ignore the whole thing and wave the wand. God is love; everything is great. There's got to be that middle ground of handling it, recognizing it, and then destroying it. And. Florence's prayer said, so leave evil to do its own work of self-destruction. Yes. Really like <laughs> yes. This is that he talks about that a lot. It yes. will destroy itself. That's all it can do. That's what it was designed to do. But isn't it true? Any, any mesmerism, whether it's a mesmerism of a disease, the patient needs to be awoken, right? Whatever it takes to wake a patient up. Hopefully, as Christian scientists, it won't take a military kick in the butt to wake us up. Mrs. Eddy has said by the year 2100, Christian scientists would either have done the work or not. And the or not is a pretty sobering thing. Page 21 of the blue book, you'll find it there. Thank you. <laughs> Florence has a blue book memorized. <laughs> Thank you, Florence. I had it in my head, but not the page number. Thank you. Yes, yes. So, and that time is coming up, isn't it? So, and every seed counts. And every seed counts. Every worker counts. I wanted to read. I I do have that book, Christian Science in East Germany, and on the back it says about it. Christian science was one of the only two religious dominations forbidden to organize under East Germany's communist regime. First, because of its healing practice, and second, because of its American affiliation. It later became the only denomination ever to be formally recognized by that regime. Drawing on East German and Christian science church archives, personal papers and interviews, and his own experiences in East Germany, Dr. Sanford, who the author, traces the history of how the Christian science community there survived decades of persecution and eventually won the right to organize and worship freely. It is a story of abiding faith, persistent work, 
and quiet heroism. Good book to know. And then also a book, this book, the, the one I just mentioned, I actually haven't read, but I am planning to. It's one, on one of my lists. So the other, this book I have read, and this is a fascinating book. You can get it at Long Year. And I've mentioned it before and spoke about it before. And it is called Island of Peace in an Ocean of, of Unrest, The Letters of Dorothy von Moltke. Now, she and her husband were two that went to Boston. It was shortly after Mrs. Eddy passed on to translate science and health into German. They were very active practitioners. And this is before and during Hitler, when Hitler came. And the story is so interesting. And I'll read on the back of the book. Daughter of the Chief Justice of South Africa and married to Helmuth von Moltke, the grandnephew of Germany's greatest military hero, Field Marshal, Marshal Helmuth Karl Bernard von Moltke. Dorothy von Moltke penned frequent letters to her parents that capture the life of the elite on a large estate in Sil Silesia, formerly part of Germany and now part of Poland. The letters pugnantly describe living through World War I, the devastating inflation of the Weimar period and the rise of Nazism as armed militias clashed in the streets of Berlin and Hitler became der Führer. The letters also show Count and Countess von Moltke's actively participating in the explosive growth of Christian science in Germany, including going to Boston to translate the Christian science textbook, Science and Health, with Key to the Scriptures by Mary Baker Eddy, into German. The letters reveal how they instilled in their children the liberal values that led their eldest son, Helmuth James von Molke, to found an anti-Nazi circle for which he was hanged in 1945. The von Molke's idealism is perpetuated in the Kressau Foundation for European Understanding on the family's former estate, where young people learn the art of waging peace. Very, very interesting, two very interesting books and helpful in today's world where we are. Okay, here's Zary. Go ahead. Hang on, Zary. We'll unmute you. Sari and Uta are in Germany. Okay, for those okay. That book is a very powerful book from uh, Dorothy von Molka, and uh, also how they were they were able to come through quite a few issues, and uh, she was really a very good healer. Even when, and she was able to help a lot of people, and so was her husband. Yes. Thank you. Yes. And I'm sure this was all the aftermath of, of Francis Thurber Seal, right? Who did yes, tremendous, it was. yes. So tremendous healing work going on in Germany. And uh, yeah, thank you very much, Zeri. And yeah, for those of you who don't know, Zeri and Uta call, call in from Germany. Thank you. Um, okay. All right. Now I have about three hours worth of things to talk about today. <laughs> so we will get started and um, I'm going to skip over some things, but the responsive reading, and again, our subject, Christ Jesus. Um, 
For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. Um, and I thought that that went well with what Jeremy wrote about, about the rudiments, which is later in the lesson. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I, I looked up the word rudiment because I heard that before, but I realized lately I don't always know the exact meaning of these words. So um, the first definition was a first principle or element, that which is to be first learned. And the second is the original of anything in its first form. And it, it got me thinking about how that's, you know, in, the, in this worldly context, it's a counterfeit of divine principle and its idea of man. Thank you. And, you know, it talks about that they're dead, dead with Christ. They spoil you. Again, this is the seed that, um, the intellectual seed that needs to study and test and weigh and think about. And it gets you all mixed up, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. And we've told this story about someone coming to see Mrs. Eddie and kind of listening, but then going off and going into all other religions and all other kinds of things. And what happened? Many years after she came back, uh, worn and told Mrs. Eddy that she had wasted all those years because Mrs. Eddy had it right all alone. Yeah. And, and especially right now, you know, with the internet and all these ways to investigate this, that, and the next thing, I have to be careful myself. It's just so easy to boom, boom. <laughs> and, and a lot of the information isn't necessarily true. And I know that because of what they say about Christian science. That's not true. What are they saying? I know it's not true. So, But it's going out there as truth. So just be careful. Keep your fingers in your pocket <laughs> rather than bouncing around on the internet. So anyway, anyway, Florence, were you going to say something? Oh, no, not, no, no. Okay. All right. So one thing I had, oh, when please. I first came, I was, it'd be pulled in all different directions. And that was 40 years ago, but I think it says in the Bible, you should know them by their works. And that's what separated this church. Thank you. Because people were really feeling healed here instead of just disappearing in hospitals. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that attracted all of us. <laughs> yes. In a way. And it, it goes in about overcoming the world. And later, Jesus says to be of good cheer because he's overcome the world. And Louise wrote about that on her forum. And quoting from the McLaren commentary, the world conquers me when it draws me away from God, when it makes me its slave, when it coaxes me to trust it, when it comes between me and God, when it fills my desires, when it absorbs my energies, when it blinds my eyes to the things unseen and eternal. I conquer the world when I put my foot upon its temptations, when I crush it down, when I shake off its bonds, and when nothing prevents me from cleaving to my father with all my heart and from living as his child here. I love that. I think that says it very well. Um, so 
again, test yourself. Are things pulling you in that direction? Um, I love in Second Thessalonians 2, we've talked about this before, but let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come, except there be a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, and the son of perdition. perdition. So you see there's a falling away first, and then you get deceived and drawn away because your mind is so cluttered with the materiality of the day. And the materiality of the day might be enticing, you know, okay, this is interesting. I'm going to do this, that, and the next thing and have a good time. It starts off that way, but pretty soon turns to you-know-what, and it's no longer fun. I, I just recently learned there's this thing that young people say it's FOMO, it's fear of missing out which wow. I thought was really funny, like yeah. that idea that we <laughs> I actually remember, I remember my son being really young and not even wanting to take a, a like a bathroom break because he didn't want to miss That's any fun. And I would tell him, we won't do anything until you come back. <laughs> <laughs> wow, interesting. And heard that, FOMO. Well, with God, you miss out on nothing, nothing. Nothing important anyway. <laughs> right, nothing really important. Well, that's what, isn't that why our Sunday school is so important? Children need to have the solid basis. It's in their heart. And if it's reinforced in the Sunday school, then they've got, they've got something to stand on. And when, and when the, the, the things that, they're, that they might not want to miss out on come to them, if they're you know, if they're if they're not from God, they'll feel it and they'll trust it, and they won't worry about it. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, and then in John in the Bible, that is, many as received him, we're talking about the Christ. To them, gave he power to become the sons of God. Isn't that wonderful? Even to them that believe on his name. And that word to receive is to accept, to embrace. And this is, a, this is the opposite of being offended and looping off. You're receiving him. You're accepting him. And, and with that comes the power to become the sons of God. Wow. What else is there that entices you? What could possibly draw you away from becoming a son of God? I, I haven't written this down, but I've been like compiling sort of a list of things to be wa watch out for, basically on what they make me feel. If they make me feel like fearful, or they make me feel like angry at people or humanity, <laughs> or if um, yeah, if, like just these different things that come up, and I I always try to to be guided by that, especially if you're online. If anything. Good. You know, if you're looking at something and it just makes you feel like contrary to what Christian science feels, then, okay, this is going the wrong way. Yes. So. I was so grateful because last night we were talking to our daughter-in-law who's been this animal rights activist. And she was finally, I'm so grateful to hear this saying, you know, she's just taking, going off social media because all of this horrible stuff about what they do to animals. 
Um, I mean, yes, we need to be aware of it, but to go into it and think about it and watch movies on it, it's, it's just awful. I mean, then, then she can't get it out of her head. So she's finally realizing, no. Pretty soon the negative becomes the 10 that we should be doing instead of the 1. Yes, so, 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And by that mm-hmm. she means 10 affirmations to 1 denial. Mm-hmm. And if you're too much into the error, it's overwhelming. And she also, because she used to wonder why I like movies that are, that are with a good purpose and have a happy ending. <laughs> she understands that now, too. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just so darn depressing to watch this stuff. You think you're becoming informed, but a little bit of it goes an awfully long way. We do need to be informed, but we don't need to get glutted in it. Yeah, and, and it says, you know, in the Bible, it says to try the spirits. Yeah. It doesn't say, and if it's a bad spirit, linger in it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And that quote, which is an exact quote from Mrs. Eddy, but mortal mind has not been kind enough to me to make me want to linger or loiter or something in it linger in it yes i i agree okay i agree i raise my hand drink to that (laughs) we don't want to i do not it's not fun it is not fun it might start out mrs eddie says adam the adam dream starts out mildly might seem enticing but then it i gotcha i gotcha and then it's a struggle and a long way back out sometimes so don't go don't go down that road and if you have or if you're in it well then she also says you can start on the numeration table right yeah and turn on a dime and turn on a dime get back on the straight and narrow it's always there always available and then i liked what well both joe and uh, linda wrote about jesus saying uh, when John questioned if it was the Christ and Jesus talked about his healing work and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me and Joe wrote about and we've all can say that from Plainfield Church that we've heard many statements of truth and had many rebukes and at times would get offended but we'd work it out and come back in humility and learn there were lessons to be learned and um, she says, for Christ's truth always will bless when it is taken to the heart and accepted. So, so important. And then Linda, what did you write? I just added some uh, different interpretations to get some new words to think about. <clears throat> and uh, actually one of the words, uh, fall away, in Greek meant to be enticed to sin or uh, apostasy or displeasure and so one uh, of Amplified Bible talked about and blessed, joyful, favored by God is he who does not take offense at me, accepting me as the Messiah and trusting confidently in my message of salvation I thought that one was beautiful and then in the English version they said doesn't reject me because of what I do and then the pulpit said uh that you, but exhibits perfect trust under delay and disappointment. So those were all words that struck me as part of being offended or things that might tempt you away. Yes. 
Thank you. And then we've good definitions. And then what did you write about Peter? Oh, that yeah, to me, he was a perfect, uh, he was in, so imperfect, but he was a wonderful model of not turning away. I mean, he, he was told, get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> that was a pretty strong rebuke. I mean, and, and he just, he kept going and he didn't fall away. And even though he made mistakes and didn't understand always what was going on, I mean, he cut the guy's ear off uh, during, <laughs> and then that was healed right in front of him. So clearly he was being told that was not what he was supposed to be doing at that time. And I mean, if you just think about it in the list, but anyways, he's the one when uh, Jesus said, you know, are you guys going to leave me too? And he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And to me, that just spoke that really first and utmost that he had gratitude in his heart for what he saw. And he knew, just like uh, Craig said, the healing that goes on here, it was the works. And so to, I was trying to think of what he must have been feeling to keep going on, even though he was faced with all this. And to me, it must be gratitude and appreciation. Because when you see all these things that happen in this church and you really pay attention, you know, where else would you go for that? <laughs> so true. And I've heard so many people say that. Where where else is there? Now, now, that means you've really got it. That means you are the good seed. That means you're the watching point with the tree, with the roots have gone deep and the trunk goes up, but you're firmly established. You know there's nowhere else. And Peter left quite a record, didn't he? He yes, did. He did. Unlike many of the other mm. disciples who... Many of them didn't leave any record. Yeah, that's in the lesson. These, Jesus sent forth 70 students at one time, but only 11 left a desirable historic record. Tradition credits him with two or 300 other disciples who have left no name. Many are called, but few are chosen. They fell away from grace because they never truly understood their master's instruction. The need for understanding. Yeah, and that and that's why I feel that it refers to the um, the daily watch too. That one can be top heavy with very quick healings, a whole lot, and so they never really balance it with their own understanding of the science. And very true. That surprise when things happen. Oh, I've had healings all these years. I don't know. What, well, <laughs> maybe it's time to do some more balancing of. More root understanding. Thank you. It could blow away like the tumbleweeds that Jim talked about. Yeah, the tumbleweed. It's in the newsletter. The tumbleweed it just blows away. Yes. Yeah. And and sometimes too, initially the the healings are very easy. I've had you know people. Well, they were a child. They had all these healings. Well, you were young and innocent and accepted the truth. You didn't get involved in the materiality of the world. Now you've got to cleanse yourself of that. And so important that we do. And, you know, this story with Peter, it's, it's so great. that This lesson is so beautifully laid out. You know, first, first he's the one who recognizes yeah. Christ as a living God. And then the next thing, whoops, there he goes. <laughs> and he has to get a rebuke. <laughs> get thee behind me, Satan. And then he comes back around again and realizes, where, where do I have to go? So good for Peter, whoa, good for that boy. He he took the rebukes. He kept, he, he, he was that good seed. He's beautifully portrayed in that 
movie we've been all watching, or some of us, The Chosen, too, with mm-hmm. with Matt. Um, and he was, Mrs. Eddy talks about the hunting dog, the one that was so lively and uh, and just needed good training, rather than the docile one who who sort of never does anything. Better to have a, a lively spirit that can be trained and, and made use of. You just need someone to help you. And humility was Peter's strong straight trait because, you know, as <clears throat> if he didn't get on his knees when he got knocked down, and he would never rose up, and yeah. that'd be a blessing. Well, that's a, that's a very very important point, Craig. Because because think about it. what is it that gets offended? Pride. Pride. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Peter let his pride go. He was humble enough to take it. Am I humble? Are we all humble enough to take it? Ask yourself, that's all. Yeah. And as we've talked about, even even if you feel the rebuke wasn't merited, take it anyway. There's anything anything you did. Um, we would find often with Mrs. Evans when she would rebuke us, it wasn't what we did. It was our thought. Our thought was wrong. Our thought was carnally minded. It was in the human mind. Our motives maybe were wrong. So we could have done some great thing according to what we thought. But if if our thought was wrong, it was an offense to her. And it would it would merit a rebuke. And you could go home. I remember many times going home. Well, I did the right thing. What was she so upset about? <laughs> and arguing like that. And then I just had to shut it all down and say, okay, Mary, you, you were fearful. You were, something was wrong in your thought. And accept it and learn from it and, and go on. Don't become offended. And then the, the beautiful... Um, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, they are life, but there are some of you that believe not. And from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. And that's why we must never be discouraged, because that's going to happen. It'll happen. People don't get it. They'll come and they'll go. Sometimes it's hard. Mrs. Eddie said that was one of the most difficult things for her. She also never knew who would stay and who would go. Sometimes the least likely person in the world is the one that stays and does wonderful things, while other one who seems like it would be likely ends up, you know, just not having not the good seed for some reason. So we don't become discouraged. And I know this story. I don't know where it's from. Maybe Florence <laughs> in the blue book. <laughs> but anyway, Mrs. Eddie had just lost about all her students and she had still Julia Bartlett. Remember, Carol? Yeah. She said, Julia, would you also leave or something like that? Yeah. And she said, no, mother, I will never leave you. And from us, and she never did. And from a small group of hardly anybody, um, many people, she built up a a tremendous movement, Mrs. Eddy did. So now I want to get into, because this is very interesting, what Louise brought out about well first offense and linda mentioned this too but i found this very interesting the strongs it's a trap a snare entrapment how someone is caught in his own devices 
like their personal bias or carnal thinking, a stumbling block, an offense. Thou art an offense to me. Thou art an offense to me. Thou art a stumbling block to me. Then get thee hence. <laughs> when something comes as a stumbling block, that's a different, in a way, a different sort of offense. Because offending is a little different than thou art an offense. But then she goes into the fact that, yes, Peter saw who the Christ was. But then she said, um, and she's quoting from a Kabi Chrysler's book, and I guess Eaglet had told me and sent me some things by him. But it, is it not an offense, a stumbling block, for in this case, Mrs. Eddy's followers to allow Satan era to distort and discount scriptural prophecy by not seeing and acknowledging Mrs. Eddy's proper place, true light in the fulfillment of scriptural prophecy, that is, as the woman in the apocalypse revelation. And then it goes on, but then she quotes from Smiley. We've had several roundtables on this in the past, and it's such an important point. Um, where Smiley, Paul Smiley, his book, Mary Baker Eddy, The Prophetic and Historical Perspective. The recognition of Mrs. Eddy's proper place and position in relation to the Christian science movement has almost been lost. Is it not interesting, therefore, that the Christian science movement paralleling this loss is fast approaching the point of extinction? For the world to understand me in my true light in life would do more for our cause than aught else would. That's a quote by Mrs. Eddy. Mrs. Eddy also said all people need to, in order to love and adopt Christian science, is a true sense of its founder, in proportion as they have it, will our cause advance? And then it quotes when um, Mrs. Eddy was asked almost the same question, whom say ye that I am? Mrs. Eddy was told, my, was told, my students recognize you to be God's witness and mouthpiece. They are convinced that God is guiding you in this work which you are carrying on for the cause of Christian science. They feel that you fulfill the prophecies of the scriptures, that you represent the God-crowned woman mentioned in the apocalypse. Mrs. Eddy answered with the same answer in essence as Jesus gave to Peter by pointing her finger upward and saying, that is from above. Now these are quotes from the um, bio biographical sketch of Victoria and Laura Sargent which is also, we have all this wonderful literature to study. And it goes on with quotes from this, um, to understand our beloved leader and who she is in her place. And this is what will do a great amount to prosper the cause. And of course, we have always accepted it. We were taught here that we were taught that she is the woman in the apocalypse. And is it possible to, to love and respect her position uh, in respect of Christian science without proving Christian science for yourself and working things out and facing the opposition and mastering it and defeating it? 
she says, you know, that we are to go and do likewise, just as Christ Jesus did. Um, and I'm very grateful. Thank you, Louise, for bringing that out in your in your blog, if, she, if you're listening, because it's just so important. She, it's excellent. In fact, I think you should save those maybe to print in a magazine. A lot of these things are wonderful. And then I'm going to read you something else. This just happened to come to me this week. And it's it's someone who lives in the Boston area. He he told me evidently the um, the services are now open at the as I call it the cement center, which I was very happy to hear. Actually, you can go in person. In other words, so but he said he he wrote this. He says it's an allegory, and honestly, this is what we saw when we went to the church center, the cement center. Okay. Mrs. Eddie and I were standing on Mass Avenue facing her church in the extension. Mrs. Eddie turned to me and said, what is that massive concrete building to our right? I said, that was your new Sunday school that has been closed for years. What is this large building at the end on the right, she asked. Why, that was your 26-story office building that housed all your administrators and board of directors, I answered. Also, said I, do you see that motel on your right that looks a bit seedy? You own that as well, and that is called the Midtown Hotel. I actually didn't know that. The lower level, newer building on your left, also housed more of your illegal board of directors' assistants. Oh, you ask, what is that towering new building overlooking the entire church complex? That was your piece of land, but it was sold by your directors for 666 million dollars to the Four Seasons Hotel. You can get a room there for $750 per night, which includes porno movies in your room TV and liquor in your room refrigerator. Oh, you ask, who made this library in my name? Well, the board knew that you would not like a statue, so they made a library. And my understanding is she never wanted her name on any building, and it That's is called correct. the Mary Baker Eddy Library. Yes. Then you ask about the $500 million spent on a Christian Science TV station in the late 1980s. Well, that went bankrupt. The good news is that you now have over a billion dollars from conf confiscating funds when branch churches are sold. And the bad news is you have no one in your church. <laughs> this is a sad truth. Now, Florence... <laughs> Lawrence and I and a few others went up not that long ago. And this is what we saw, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. And um, so, but this is based on the fact of disobedience and nothing else. And we're not, this isn't criticism. In The Watch recently, the quote from Mary Baker Eddy says, love closes not our eyes to the distinction between good and bad men. It opens them wider. It blinds not a just sense of wrong, but quickens it and stimulates a noble defense of right under all circumstances and upon all occasions. Now, once again, too, we did not leave the organization. We were excommunicated. That has to be understood. We were not the rebel rousers who wanted to leave and break away. We were excommunicated. And that's a big difference, as was so many other 
wonderful workers, including Herbert Eustace. So these are sobering words, but that's all right, because the truth goes on, and Mrs. Eddy's mother church lives forever. There's no one that can de destroy it or in any way tamper it. It's impossible. It's a divine idea that she gave to us, and it will continue, as will her science, as long as there are workers willing to do the work and to understand the science, which we pray to God we all are doing. You are excommunicated not for doing something bad or wrong, for healing and not excommunicated down to there. Because there was too much healing going on. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> so we will end today with Parthen's blog you can just read that if you want to yeah he he he's quoting an excerpt from a letter by mrs eddie to eldridge and melinda smith in 1882 and quotes the relation that jesus sustains to the race is not primarily as a teacher but an inspirer of faith understanding immortal hopes and divine love now my dear students Catch these heavenly echoes and send them resounding along the dim corridors of time. The highest cannot be put into words, for words would limit what is infinite. There is a greater power than speech, the power of being, yea, of life. Speech is of man. Life, spirit, is of God. Herein is the atonement. The power and science of Jesus was his divine truth that saved from sin, sickness, and death. Now, my dear children, possess yourselves of this divine power, yea, of this truth, and you are saved, and you will save and heal others. Be not afraid of the storms that beat against this rock. They can never overthrow the superstructures built thereon. The enemy is at work in Washington, and we have at last, and that's Washington, D.C., and we have at last learned what the old dragon is and what he is not. He has not horns or hoofs, but he claims personality, for he is the error that says, the eye is a personal intelligence instead of the impersonal good, and thus I can make, I can go to minds mortal and breathe into their thoughts lies, temptations, and fears, and win them over to error. But, dear ones, resist this devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near unto God, and he will draw near unto you. A mental malpractice is this Satan unchained for a season. Watch that your house be not broken open. What I say unto you, I say unto all. Watch. End quote. Mary Baker Eddy. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank, Thank, you. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.